Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey, Tea Sippers. I hope you guys are doing good today. I hope everybody had a happy Mother's Day. I did. I had a good time with the boys, um, a few friends, my brother, his wife. It was a bunch of us. We all went out to dinner. We had a really good time. It was nice to just be able to celebrate together because we didn't get a chance to do a lot of stuff last year because of the lockdown. So I really wanted to talk about some troubling things that have just really been bothering me Um I remember a long time ago, if you guys are, you know, if you guys actively watch my live streams, then you all remember somebody sent a super chat. This was maybe like six months ago. And they said, TT, well, lovely T. My friends call me TT. <laughs> and they're like, you know, lovely T, what is your biggest fear as far as like the future, as far as like, you know, things happening? Do you think there's going to be a World War Three? Do you think we're going to go to war with, you know, different countries? Is it famine? They were asking, you know, these kind of apocalyptic questions. And I told them back then, this was about six months ago, I said, my biggest fear is that the next war will not be fought on the ground. It's not going to be fought with guns. It's not going to be fought with bullets. I said, everything is going to be fought with technology. And I said, my biggest fear is that what people don't understand is that the United States is so far behind with their infrastructure is bad enough when we think about physical infrastructure, right? So like when you think about physical infrastructure, like bridges, that's dangerous enough because a lot of our bridges are very, very old. Then they're having to put what I like to say, quote unquote, literal band-aids on bridges. They'll go in and try and melt certain bolts and fix things. But a lot of these bridges, the infrastructure is crumbling. Then I went on to talk about how 10 years ago in the Twin Cities, the 35W bridge collapsed. Folks were coming home from work and the bridge just fell out from underneath itself. And I was living in North Carolina at the time. And I ended up coming back home to the Twin Cities but um, for a little bit. But it was just really, really disturbing. And that's when I started really researching about infrastructure it was way back then. So and from what I learned even back then is that a lot of our bridges a lot of the things that we cherish, a lot of this stuff is hundreds and hundreds of years old. And all they've been doing is putting bandages on there. Now, another part of our infrastructure that people don't tend to think about is how everything has now been transferred over to the electrical system into computers and things like that, just like hospitals. Back in the day, hospitals kept record on paper. But then that became outdated. There was always a risk of fire, you know, certain theft. So they moved a lot of that paperwork into computers. 10 years ago is when we got the big push for everything to be digitalized. So hospital records became digitalized and a lot of our infrastructure also became digitalized. And I don't think a lot of people recognize this. They tend to think about, you know, billing and hospital and, you know, uh, DSS, like, you know, the welfare system and things like that. But other parts of our infrastructure also became digitalized as well. A local hospital enters the digital age, helping folks get health care faster and safer. Union Hospital in Terrell recently joined a network of hospitals that have digitized their health records. As News 10's Louisa Muller explains, it brings benefits for patients and for doctors. 
These racks for paper records are a thing of the past. This computer holds the way of the future in healthcare. Digital health records. Union Hospital joined the Indiana Health Information Exchange. It's a network of 60 Indiana hospitals that have digital health records, meaning doctors can have access to the health records of more than 6 million Indiana patients. And that's kind of what they've done with a lot of other things. So from gas companies to the grid, everything is done via computers. And the problem with that is that there's always a chance that our computer systems can be hacked. So that's what I was basically saying during that live stream. Like that's one of my biggest fears is that somebody in another country or somebody with nefarious intent, they could be here in the U.S. too, will hack into our security systems, will hack into the grid. And if they get into the right grid, they can knock out power to the entire East Coast of America. I don't think they'll be able to knock it out, you know, all around the country unless it's like a major cyber attack. But one of the biggest grids is on the East Coast. And so just having just that half of the United States shut down because there's no power, if that power in the grid goes out, I mean, everything shuts down. You're talking about refrigeration, food spoiling, people not being able to cool and heat their homes, like everything will come to a standstill. From transportation to telecommunications, healthcare, and banking, the digitization of our infrastructure has made our daily lives more convenient. But it's also opened us up to the threat of cyber attacks. Electricity is so prevalent in our lives that we often don't even think about it until it fails to work. All electricity starts at a generator, which can be powered by wind, water, coal, or even nuclear fission. After it is generated, the electricity travels from the power plant to transmission substations, which convert it to a very high voltage so that it can travel long distances. From there, the electricity travels along power lines to another transformer, which again converts the power, this time to a lower voltage, before it goes into our homes and businesses. In a conventional warfare attack, the first thing that is hit is the infrastructure. The refineries, the electrical systems, the chemical plants, those things that fuel the war machine. You can simply do the same thing remotely with cyber weapons. It seems like attackers have crossed the Rubicon or they've crossed the red line in the sand, you know, that they are going after control systems, whereas once, uh, no one cared. Today, there are more than 9,700 power plants in the U.S. Many of them were built decades ago when operating a plant required a lot of manual labor and cybersecurity was not a consideration. But that's changing. Starting in the mid-80s and early 2000s, the industry started connecting these control systems through the enterprise networks to the internet for the benefit of remote access, information sharing, etc. Fantastic for productivity improvement and business enhancements, but that exposed us to cybersecurity threats. Since 2010, the number of attacks have increased exponentially. The reason for it is that it's a lucrative business for ransom attackers as well as for nation states. A 2015 risk report put out by the University of Cambridge and Lloyd's, a large insurance company, posed a hypothetical scenario in which a cyber attack plunged 15 U.S. states into darkness leaving 93 million people without power. The report estimated that the loss to the U.S. economy would range between $243 billion to $1 trillion. 
Well, now, if you guys don't know, Devin was one of the first ones who posted this on the Discord. This past Friday, a major U.S. pipeline was hacked. The Colonial Pipeline, which is the country's biggest fuel pipeline, has shut down all operations since Friday. Now, I've been telling you guys now for the past few weeks that we are going through a major shortage in the U.S. Right now, we have a gas shortage, okay? And the reason why we have a gas shortage is because, one, there's a lack of drivers, when everything got put on hold last year because of the lockdown, that put a kink in the supply chain. So the drivers, the supply chain, and now we have a huge cyber attack. So this is very, very scary. So this is just another thing being compounded onto everything that we've already been going through. So I want y'all to go ahead and watch these video clips real quick. Check this out and I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary. So have you noticed a uh, shortage in drivers lately? For the last few years, yeah, not lately. Priscilla Correa owns her own company and truck, but leases a forward air trailer. She and her Hi. wife and two dogs drive for months at a time. It's definitely not a job everyone wants to do. I mean, you're away from family, you're away from friends, you're away for holidays. Korea says the never-ending truck driver shortage was made even worse by the pandemic. A spokesperson from AAA says the demand is up for products now that more people are vaccinated and traveling again. So the demand for truckers is up too. And with that increased demand, I think that's putting a little bit of a strain on, um, on the overall supply chain. Not necessarily that there's not enough gasoline, but but there might not necessarily be enough drivers to get that gasoline to all the gas stations. It's one of the nation's largest fuel pipelines, this morning remaining largely shut down after falling victim to a cyber attack. Two sources familiar with the matter tell NBC News a Russian criminal group known as Darkside is the leading suspect in the ransomware attack on Colonial Pipeline. Veteran cybersecurity experts say the scope is unprecedented. Colonial says it's developing a system restart plan and will be fully back online when it believes it's safe. Over the weekend, the Biden administration convened an intra-agency working group to investigate and get Colonial back online. It's an all-hands-on-deck effort right now. Colonial is an energy giant with more than 5,500 miles of pipeline, supplying roughly 45% of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel to the East Coast. Ransomware attacks are on the rise as hackers lock users out of their own systems, then demand payment to restore access. Already targeting retail stores, hospitals, police departments, state and local governments. This is not uh, an attack that uh, was unforeseen. Many in the industry uh, have been warning against this. Now, members of Congress are calling for urgent action. The implications for this for our national security um, cannot be overstated. This needs to redouble our efforts as a country to focus on things like critical infrastructure uh, in the future because this is only going to continue to happen more often if we're not careful. The question for drivers, could the shutdown lead to higher pump prices? Experts say the longer the pipeline is shut down, the greater the chance for supply chain issues and potential price spikes at gas pumps. For now, though, industry analysts are urging motorists to resist hoarding or panic buying. If everyone goes out and fills their tanks up, if they fill buckets, of, uh, buckets from Home Depot of gasoline, uh, then we're going to have a much, much bigger problem. Uh, that will last longer and lead to more price spikes. 
Although Russian hackers often work for the Russian government, according to security experts, in this case, they believe this is strictly the work of a criminal gang, a very sophisticated criminal gang. Uh, Savannah, they actually have seen Darkseid train freelancers and then give them a cut of the profits as they work on these ransomware attacks worldwide. Back to you. It's so scary in its implications. And then when we're talking about this shutdown continuing, at some point you'd think that gas prices would be impacted. What do you expect? Well, we've talked to uh, the folks at GasBuddy.com. They think that probably five days is the number we're looking at. If this extends beyond five days, prices could start to surge. Back in 2016, we had a pipeline shut down for 10 days. And in that case, we saw gas prices jump about 30 cents in Georgia alone. So they're watching this very, very closely. All right. So you guys just watch those clips. So it's really scary. But I also feel like the media is just dumb when it comes to certain things. Gas prices, if you're watching, if you're actually going out and, and putting gas in your car, gas prices have already been going up. We've been talking about this on Discord for the past two months. Gas prices have been shooting up in the South. It's been shooting up up here in the Twin Cities. When I got gas the other day, it was damn near $3. It was about $280 something. So it's gone up because of the supply chain issue plus the driver shortage so you mean to tell me that if one of the biggest gas pipelines in the country is down for the for the next few days because they don't have any plans on coming back up yet because this was a major ransomware attack they're acting like oh well gas prices may not go up where the hell have y'all been gas prices have been going up for the past two months i'm not saying it's going to jump from you know 285 to five bucks but it's definitely going to affect a lot of people you know what I'm saying? And if people start hoarding and start trying to just collect gas and, you know, take all their gas cans up there, it can definitely cause more issues. So this is just really unnerving all of the things that's going on in 2021. Like I said, in 2020. So today's show sponsor is everyplate.com. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's best value meal kit. Every plate makes home cooking easy and affordable. Think of it this way. One meal from every plate is the same price as one cup of coffee. The recipes come together in about 30 minutes, definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store or starting a meal from scratch. One thing that I love about everyplate.com is that it doesn't take long to get their boxes. And they have these wonderful recipe guys that make it really simple to follow. My youngest has made food from every plate. Not only was he able to get everything cooked in less than 30 minutes, but the food was exquisite, okay? It tasted really good. So if you guys are interested and want to try every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off of your next two boxes, just go on to everyplate.com and enter code SIPSLOW199. Once again, enter code SIPSLOW199 to save an additional 20% off. So if you're interested in getting started, make sure once again that you go to everyplate.com. That's up to $100 value and enjoy. You know, everybody was so ready for 2020 to be over. But like I said, you know, this is just scratching the surface. Wait until 2021 comes. And so far, it's been so much craziness already in this year. So now on top of that pipeline being um, hijacked and everything else, I really hope this starts a real discussion on infrastructure, on how to fix it, on what they need to do, because a lot of the infrastructure, not just physical, not just bridges and landmarks and things like that, but all of this stuff that also is dealing with the internet, with computer systems, 
all of that infrastructure needs to be protected as well because this is what happens. People find vulnerabilities, they're able to hack in and then now say, hey, we're in here, we're taking over, you know what I'm saying, your entire company, unless you wire us $1.5 million or whatever the ransom is. You know, and that is really scary because right now, as we all know, a lot of countries are struggling right now because of COVID. A lot of countries, a lot of states, a lot of cities, they don't have the extra money right now. So it's very frightening that, you know, hackers can just come in and demand all of this money that a lot of these areas don't have like that. So the government is involved. They're trying to find a way to get all of this taken care of and cleared up. But it's very nerve wracking to know that, you know, a few people in Russia or just wherever they're at can literally make the U.S. fall to their knees because that was just one pipeline. Imagine if they're able to access all of the pipelines in the country. Imagine if they're able to access the grids. If you guys remember a few months ago, I had reported on what happened down in Florida. Several cities in Florida, thousands of people possibly could have gotten lead poisoning and died in Florida. Their water system was hacked. And had they not been caught, whoever was trying to hack that water system had nefarious plans. What they were doing, they somehow got into the water system down there in Florida in Pinellas County, and they were able to increase the levels of sodium hydroxide, which is another word for lie. So people would have had lye poisoning, would have been drinking the lye and bathing in it and would have been slowly making the population down there sick. And if these were babies that were consuming this water, they could have died from this. So this is really frightening when you think about how deep this whole digitalization of our infrastructure has gotten. It's gotten to the point where, you know, anybody can possibly hack into our systems and do something to poison an entire population. So thank God this person was caught. But to this day, they don't really know who was behind it. Y'all check this clip out. Now to a shocking case of computer hacking in Pinellas County, Florida. Investigators are trying to hunt down the person who tried to poison a public water supply remotely. CBS's Jeff Pegues has new reporting. According to investigators, a plant operator monitoring the water plant in the Tampa Bay city of Oldsmar noticed computer breaches starting at about 8 a.m. Friday morning. The hacker was controlling the computer system's mouse and was able to increase the level of sodium hydroxide in the water supply from about 100 parts per million to more than 11,000 parts per million. Sheriff Bob Galtieri. This is obviously a significant and potentially dangerous increase. Uh, sodium hydroxide, also known as lye, is the main ingredient in liquid drain cleaners. According to the Centers for Disease Control, if ingested in large amounts, sodium hydroxide can cause vomiting, chest, and abdominal pain. Fortunately, a plant operator immediately reduced the levels back to what was safe. Now, Secret Service and FBI cyber units are trying to determine who is behind the hack, whether it was someone here in the U.S. or overseas. You know, so that is very, very scary to know that our systems are that vulnerable and nobody's really doing too much about it. Now, another thing I want to hit on is the fact that there's a lot of shortages. Now, I know I talked about in my last live stream about like the chicken shortage, um, the price of lumber. I've been talking about that for months now. And I really got hip to that when I started the home building process. And I'm glad I started a year ago 
because I have friends who are now just trying to get into the home building process. There's waiting list. It's it's a bitch right now to try and get a home built. Um, and if you're going to build a home, let's say you decide to start the building process today, you're going to be paying $36,000 more than what I paid last year for a home just based on the lumber. Because right now the lumber is scarce. They've doubled because people stayed home. And when you're home and you're bored and you have more stuff to focus on at home, people wanted to start building decks and add additions and do home renovations. And, you know, even when you're getting custom closets, that takes wood. So a lot of the custom closet industry has been booming. So they've even had to raise their prices because of the lumber. The global lumber shortage has already added nearly $36,000 to the price of an average single family home. As new construction to combat the U.S. housing shortage increases, real estate prices are likely going to continue to surge even if lumber production ramps up through 2023. New wood shipments fell by 50 million board feet as the lumber shortage met a transportation shortage. This has led to an increase of 67% in lumber prices just in 2021, which totals to an increase of 340% from a year ago. Lumber and many other industries had to cut supply due to the pandemic, even as demand rose. The NAHB is working with Congress to address lumber mill capacity, mill worker shortages, and tariffs on Canadian lumber to help ease price volatility. However, more logging will be up against calls for greater sustainability. Luckily, scientists have now developed a way to grow lumber in a lab. So all of this stuff had a trickle-down effect. That's why I say for me the whole COVID situation really irks me because it's not so much about the vaccine or people getting sick or people dying. It's just everything that came with it. You know, the whole shutting down of nations. China is one of the biggest nations that, that produces things for other countries globally. So when China shut down, that caused a big supply chain kink. And then America shut down. Then that caused another supply chain kink. And now we're in 2021 and we're racing to catch up from a shutdown that happened in two major countries, okay? And now we're trying to play catch up and it's not a pretty picture. Well, COVID cases may be under control, but its impact on our economy certainly is not. News 12's Beth Zephalou has got to look at the financial fallout from this pandemic. It's a gloomy time for home improvement as contractors like Bob Henderson adapt to supply shortages sparked by the pandemic. We were on a two to three week wait, which is fine because we can prepare for that. Now it's two to three months two to three months to wait for an item that should be a stock item. On top of the wait, the shortage of lumber has skyrocketed prices 232% in the last year. Plywood was always under $25 for a four by eight sheet. Recently it was $55 and I've seen where one place was charging like $70 a sheet. It's almost triple. Yeah. But lumber prices aren't the only thing going up. If you're in the market for a new car, those are also reaching record highs. Now up 8% from last year because of a computer chip shortage. The average car has anywhere between 50 to 150 chips. Home sales also hitting record highs as gas prices jumped 25 cents a gallon in the last month and food prices rising as well. We have seen uh, uh, all food prices, if you look year over year from February before uh, pandemic last year and to February of this year, we've seen all food prices have gone 3.6% uh, according to U.S. Department of Agriculture. 
A big factor, nearly all industries had production paused throughout the pandemic, leaving supply chains nowhere near current demand. On top of that, a lot of people also decided to build home pools because remember, everything was shut down. These kids had nothing to do. They weren't able to go to the park. The gyms were shut down, you know, for months. This wasn't like a two week thing. It was supposed to be. But for months, kids couldn't go swimming. They couldn't ride their bikes. People were depressed. So people said, OK, well, fine, because we never want to get into the situation where we are just stuck not being able to do our favorite activities. I want to start building a pool. Because I know my neighbors across the street, they built a badass pool last summer. You know, a lot of people started building in-home pools. But now what's happening is that the chlorine to keep the pools clean and disinfected, chlorine has shot up sky high. There's a, chlor there's a chlorine shortage. So there's a lot of shortages right now that you would not expect. It's insane. I'm going to go ahead and play you guys some of these clips. Check this out. Pool companies say this summer could turn out to be a major belly flop for eager swimmers and homeowners. This pool-mageddon that I call it, it means that we're going to run out of the one most important thing that we're putting into swimming pools to keep them healthy and safe. Without enough chlorine, pool water can turn murky and potentially become a source of disease. For the first time in 34 years, pool company owner Alan Curtis says he's stocking up for his clients in advance. While it's okay right now, I think we're going to have a struggle this summer. Part of the problem in the aftermath of Hurricane Laura, a chemical fire shut down one of the largest domestic producers of chlorine tablets. It happened just as demand shot up during the pandemic. Prices of those precious chlorine tablets have already doubled in some areas and could soar by up to 70% this summer. Texas homeowner Aaron Hamilton says building a pool last summer during the pandemic saved the summer for his kids. You know, through COVID, they were able to actually, you know, even have friends out and swim in the pool, too, which was was a big game changer for us. If necessary, he's prepared to convert to a saltwater system, but hopes to avoid the expense. I bought most of my supplies uh, about three months ago to get me through this season, and I'm about to have to go buy again, which I've already found is going to be a challenge. In order to make the chlorine last longer, experts say shower before swimming, run systems longer to keep water circulating, maybe even up to 24 hours a day, and keep pets out. Each time Rover swims, it can add the same amount of dirt as 50 people. You guys remember the whole situation with the evergreen, you know, ship being stuck in the Suez Canal over there in Egypt. So that was another huge supply chain disaster. And it took them about, what, 10 days to get that shipped unstuck. So we have so many supply chain disasters hitting us back to back to back. It's very frightening. So there's going to be a lot more things that are not going to be available. So like I've been telling folks to stack up. Paper towels are going to be scarce again, toilet paper, um, seasonings. A lot of stuff is going up. And a lot of things that were available a year, two years ago, you're not going to be able to find. Remember, I did a whole post on Discord not too long ago about ibuprofen. You could not find ibuprofen headache medicine. That is the kind that's in the purple bottle, the kind that has um, caffeine. Because a lot of people like me, if you've ever had to deal with blood clots, you cannot use any type of pain relief or ibuprofen that contains NSAIDs. 
because they can cause your blood to thin. So you have to use the kind with that's caffeine based for like any type of headache, any type of medicine. Well, what I discovered a few months ago is that because of the supply chain, those are in short supply. I couldn't find any in any stores near me. I was able to find some headache medicine that had the caffeine in it on Amazon. So I ended up grabbing about 10 bottles, you know, just to last me for the next few years. I don't take the medicine every day, but as needed. So a lot of things are gonna be affected. I noticed that they got the regular NSAID ibuprofen back in to like the Walmart, but the purple is still gone. So certain medications or maybe obsolete for now because of that supply chain. So you need to look at things like that. Um, if there's certain things that you take that you might need because you won't have access to them like regular. Another thing that people need to understand too, um, besides the whole housing situation, um, that whole rent subsidy, that's coming to an end soon. So rent will be going back up. A lot of people, if they're not able to come up with their rent money, will be evicted. So there's definitely a looming housing crisis. Federal judges struck down a national moratorium on evictions, which has been in place since the start of this pandemic. It won't impact the current ban in Illinois, but we found out there's a local group awaiting their own ruling. And WGN's Tanya Francisco has been digging into this issue. She joins us now with more. Tanya? Yeah, like you guys said, this moratorium doesn't apply to Illinois, so it stays in effect here in Illinois. And that has renters relieved while landlords are concerned. Many of us are struggling to pay our bills. Michael Glazer is a landlord and president of the Neighborhood Building Owners Alliance. He says a survey of its members projects unpaid rent for the Chicago area is around $1 billion since the beginning of COVID through March of 2021. There are many smaller apartment building owners who are in crisis that have to make a tough choice between maintenance, property tax, mortgage. It's an unenviable choice. Governor J.B. Pritzker just extended the moratorium on evictions until the end of the month. And while that's welcome news to renters on the verge of losing their homes because of financial hardships created by the pandemic, smaller landlords who haven't been paid in months are on the verge of foreclosure. Well, we don't want to see landlords losing their property over this. The Illinois Rental Property Owners Association filed a lawsuit last year seeking to have the moratorium thrown out. It lost. It has since appealed, but is still waiting on a decision by the court. Arena says owners don't want to evict people who are legitimately in a financial crisis, but... We're finding too many cases of people who don't have a legitimate COVID-related hardship or are taking advantage of the moratorium. Those people shouldn't be allowed to do that. Now, it is important to know that there is rental assistance available for tenants who meet the requirements, but landlords would like to see the moratorium lifted, especially in cases that have absolutely nothing to do with COVID-related causes. So you guys just heard that clip. So it's really disturbing all of the things that are going on right now in not just America, but almost globally. I mean, all of these supply chain issues, renting issues, and, you know, I, I see both sides because I've been a landlord before. And so when you're a landlord, you still have to pay taxes. You still have to pay, you know, the money to the bank, regardless if your renter pays or not. So a lot of landlords are in a really desperate state right now where they might lose their property because you got to think every apartment building is not owned by a Wells Fargo. It's not owned by a corporate entity. Some of these homes and, and apartment buildings and condos and townhomes are people's second property. 
And you have people who have taken advantage where they've gotten unemployment. They've done stuff with PPP and they're not paying their rent because they're talking about the CDC, you know, rent moratorium. But, you know, not everybody was supposed to qualify under that. So they froze rent for a lot of people that technically did not need their rent frozen. So if you weren't paying rent for several months, what were you doing with the money? You know, so it's causing a huge issue right now in the housing market. And so once this comes to an end in June, if you're not able to come up with everything owed, because remember, it's not just your June payment. However many months you've been holding off on the rent, you have to pay up to date. So you might owe up to a year's worth of rent. And if you don't have it, you have to be gone. And then before they let somebody come into that new apartment or townhome or whatever, they're probably going to end up charging double to make up for what they lost from the prior renter. So it's really scary, a lot of the stuff that's going on. And I'm not trying to make this a doom and gloom podcast. Lord knows I'm not. But I want people to be aware because I think people are just not aware of everything that's going on and that's going to come especially this summer. And I don't care what other YouTubers do. I don't care what other podcasters do. I know on my channel and especially my Discord, you know, this is mainly a Discord type podcast, but these are the discussions that we have. I like to keep people that I fool with and I care about and I love informed of all things going on around them. You know, so while, yeah, I love the, you know, celebrity tea and the gossip, I'm down for that. But every now and then I want to do these in-depth podcasts just so you guys are aware of what's going on. So we have major supply chain shortages all over in every aspect of life, from food to lumber to steel to computer chips. I think I basically shown y'all everything during this podcast, even chlorine for pools. You know, so it's really crazy how, again, like I always say, everything is just one big circle in life. You know, we're all one big circle. What affects one affects all, you know? So it's really sad, everything that's going on right now. But I think here's a few things that may be able to help us in the future as far as manufacturing. Now, how I think that some of this stuff can possibly reverse what America is going to have to do to get up out of this is the fact that they're going to have to start manufacturing things in this country. We become way too dependent on Asia and on using, you know, I don't want to call it slave labor because people are getting paid. It's definitely a lot cheaper to pay people in China and in developing countries, you know, a smaller amount of money, you know what I'm saying, to make products. And then they charge three times what they've paid to get them made. And the problem with that is that over the past 30 years, we've gotten so comfortable with that. And once COVID hit, now those countries shut down and they weren't able to manufacture goods. It's got us in a really bad situation. It's got us in a bind. So America is going to have to bring manufacturing back here and they're going to have to be forced to pay livable wages to people. So that way they're able to, you know, what I'm saying make these products and still be able to take care of their families. But then what that also means is that a lot of these products that are made here will have access to getting them quicker, but it's going to cost a lot more. So that's the double edged sword. But it's going to be more things coming down the pipeline. So that I just, you know, suggest to everybody to continue to do your research. If you are in the discord, if you're lucky enough to be in there. Definitely, you know, read the things that we're posting as I'm getting information. I'm adding everyone, keeping everybody in the loop, but definitely be aware of the things that are going on around you and the supply chain and how things are rising because it's so easy to get distracted. But these are things that are really affecting you. 
you know, so definitely just read and research, but do understand that the price of gas and oil and heating will definitely go up because this interruption plus the driver shortage that was already going on is going to cause a trickle down effect. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this ends up playing out. But once again, you guys, I thank you all for tuning in to Tea Time Unfiltered. So go ahead. Half of this will be posted on YouTube. Leave a comment over there. Let me know what you guys think. And I'll talk to you guys later. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.